Hey everyone, and welcome to Two Blondes on a Pod. We're your hosts, Bailey and Michaela, where we talk about everything from the sticky, icky, beautiful pieces of motherhood, monetizing your money online, the perfectly imperfect orchestra of marriage, recipes easy enough for the non-cooker or someone who loves to cook, and realistic, healthy living tips for the everyday donut-loving person. Now let's get straight to it. All right, what up friends? Here we are at another episode. I'm so excited. So today we're going to be talking about um, some more fun things, including the holiday stretches around the holidays, but we're first going to start this off talking about oat milk and honestly why you guys should be steering clear of this, which is honestly a hard, hard one for me to wrap my head around because we have been taught, or at least I've been taught these last couple of years, like to make your shakes with oat milk, it's healthier, blah, 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 blah. And it's not, it's so not. So one of the things that, um, so again, if you're new to our podcast, we both, we both come from agriculture backgrounds. Um, and I have always been taught, you know, like dairy's fine, dairy's good for you. You know, like you're supposed to have it when you're younger, all these things. And then like, all of a sudden I became an adult and it's like, no, 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 no. You need oat milk. And it's like, okay, what is the balance here? And guys, like, that's what we're going to kind of talk a little bit about right now. Um, because oat milk that you're buying from the store is actually worse for you than just if you're going and literally buying milk from the store, is that milk great for you at the same time? No, if you can buy local, we are going to push that on you guys a whole lot, but the oat milk guys that you guys are buying, I'm going to share a little bit. And then Max going to share a little bit about this too, but guys, first off, if you are gluten intolerant, you can't be drinking oat milk, which is nuts because I'm supposed to be steering clear from gluten for my thyroid And I've been making all my shakes with this stuff. So I'm not even steering clear from gluten to begin with because half the time, and they said like hardly any of these oat milks are actually gluten-free. So your almond milk, stuff like that, they're still mixing things in there that is in factories made with gluten or whatever, like there's still traces of gluten within it. So it's still going to trigger autoimmune diseases that you may have or that gluten intolerance that you may be battling. Um, Also, it is it's traced back to actually like spike blood sugar, like really, really bad. So like certain, certain ones, um, they say oat milk is the absolute worst for blood sugar. Um, even if it's unsweetened, like there's still added sugars in there. So I just think that's insane. So Mac, you go ahead and share what you found. So I'm actually going to come from a little bit more of just the background. Yes, we are both in agricultural background, but I'm going to come from you to you from like a personal training perspective, because as I was like getting my certification, as I'm like diving in about like the whole macro coaching and learning, like how to fit things into your macros and all of these things, again, it's taught to go with the oat milk because it's lower calorie. It has less carbs. It has less fats. It has less proteins. So therefore, you know, then you can like fill more things in with your macros to quote unquote, hit your goals. For me though, my health is not worth sacrificing macros for at all whatsoever. And as I've like started to learn about this oat milk and you guys, even almond milks or like cashew milk, like nut milks, 
same, same thing. Here's the thing. There is no, no nutritional value in these oat milks that we're buying from the store. If you can't turn that around and see that the two ingredients are literally what the milk is made out of cashews, almonds, oats, whatever it is, and water. If there's anything else, you're getting zero. And I mean, zero nutritional value. And you guys, why? I know why we do it. We do it for the sake of, oh my gosh, it's low calorie and I can save calories. And you know, I don't, I don't want to add calories into my drink and I don't want to do this. And I don't want to do that. Cause low calorie, low calorie, low calorie, you guys, low calorie is sacrificing your health. And we have to like, get out of this headspace that like low calorie is good because it's not, it's oftentimes filled with the preservatives. It's filled with the hydrogenated oils. It's filled with the sucralose and the aspartame. And all of these things are just like wreaking havoc on our like health, our gut health, our heart health, our liver health, our kidney health. But yet we're doing it for the sake of low calorie. And that's the same thing with that. That is the oat milks. That's the almond milks. That's the cashew milks. You guys, you're not doing yourself any favor by drinking those instead of just drinking dairy milk. Now, I also learned something really fun and interesting about dairy milk. So you might be like, well, I can't have dairy because I'm lactose intolerant. Now you guys, there's, there's two separate things here. Okay. There's lactose intolerant. And then there's like, you know, a, a severe dairy sensitivity. And you know, I don't question any sensitivities just because like the lady that does my hair has a sensitivity to bananas. I didn't even know that was a thing, but like she has a service dog in the whole nine yards. Okay. So like, this is like a big deal. But what I learned is that you can have dairy if you have a lactose intolerance that is an A2, A2 dairy. So this is, again, you guys, why you should shop local. And after um, we get the show posted, we'll put in our stories actually a place where you can go and type in your zip code and it will pull up every local dairy farm to you that you can actually go and purchase milk from, purchase cheese from, purchase whatever, you know, dairy product it is that they have and that they sell. Um, I know Bailey's actually in like a prime location for this. For me, I actually have to travel a little ways, but for me, totally worth it. Absolutely worth it. And honestly, I could probably, my parents are a little bit closer. I'm sure I could be like, dad, you know, go over and pick this up for me. And he would do it in a heartbeat and then just meet me somewhere, which is awesome in itself. But this is again, you guys like stock up when you can, you guys know that we're really big on that, but that's what I really have to share on that is like, don't sacrifice your health just for the sake of the low calorie oat milks and almond milks and cashew milks. Okay. So I love that you brought up this because, so I, um, my dad actually was able to sit around some big dairy producers, um, a few years back and just kind of chat about this conversation and he actually learned from producers um, from California, I believe, and some other places that dairy, like, so lactose intolerant is not even a thing. Um, it's just, you just have a dairy sensitivity, which is crazy because I have always thought, I've always claimed to be lactose intolerant because I've always, you know, it's like this joke that, you know, like milk and ice cream goes right through me, but it's the sensitivity to the A1 protein that is added into all of your dairy products. And that is kind of what throws people off. And that's kind of what throws off, you know, like there, there's been this big hype of 
you know, don't, don't drink dairy because of this, that, and the other, but it's, it's literally, they're talking about the store-bought dairy products that are actually happening. Like guys, like you can actually make your own cheese. Like it's, it's really not that hard. You can make your own mozzarella. You can make your own um, cheese. We just live in a time where we need everything so fast, so quick. And we then want it to be like, you know, shelf life of like a year. And that's just not how real food, that's not how God truthfully made our food to last. And it's not realistic anymore. If you want to be healthy, like being healthy is much more beyond let's buy gluten-free things. Let's buy oat milk. Let's buy all these things that we are, we have been pushed down and taught, but again, who is pushing these things down? If you really look at who is preaching these things, it is, which is a whole nother rabbit hole that we're not going to go down, but it is big idols and stuff. And it's all because they are traced back into big pharma and everything else, because it's continuing to make us sick to make for them to make money. So if you truly want to start taking control of your health and taking control of, you know, just your, your family's health too, and being proactive, like guys, like this is the hardest thing for me at 23 to be like, okay, I really got to stop eating out. Like I love eating out. Right. And we're not saying to never eat out. Like Mac and I, like the other day I was like, you know what, I'm eating this donut. And she's like, go for it. You know, like there are times, but it's when you're doing it every single day at every single meal, you're not benefiting your health. So that's why like, we really, really encourage you guys again to to go and shop local, but going back to this whole milk thing, there are total nutrients in cow's milk, like, and, and goat milk, like they, they each have their own, um, you know, benefits, but if you truly go to a dairy and go take those in and go milks, go mix those with your shakes, it's going to go a lot farther nutrient wise for you than substituting it out for, you know, oat milk. But if that's not an option for you right now, like if that's just too big of a stretch to start, which is totally fine. Like we are all taking baby steps. Like my biggest baby step right now is, is trying to really cut out gluten, which it is hard. Like, let's just not lie about that. Like it is hard, but it's, I know in the long run, it's going to be so, so worth it. So, you know, like if you guys want to start with dairy and like these milk products then start throwing out, don't buy the oat milks. If anything, buy store-bought milk. It's not horrible for you. It's just not the best. But if you also have a sensitivity to milk and dairy, one, go try to buy from a local dairy and see the difference. I guarantee you there's really no sensitivity then. Um, one, and two, if you still do, then just do water, like do water guys. Like, I don't, I don't understand why we have to have things, you know, to mix. Like if you're doing shakes in the morning or whatever it is, just mix it with water, you know? Yeah, because I mean, like, honestly, the oat milk and the cashew milk and the almond milk, you guys, that's like practically what it is just with preservatives and additives in it. It's it's just water. I'm sorry. It does not make your shake creamier. It does not make it taste better. No, it, it doesn't. And if you are somebody that's like, oh, but like when I go and get a coffee, y'all, first of all, oat milk and almond milk in hot coffee tastes like booty hole. And I don't know what booty hole tastes like, but if it has a flavor, it's that it's that combination. It's so gross. Like just get the real deal or guess what? Start just weaning yourself and drinking black coffee. Wow. What a concept. Um, and if you're like, oh, well, I just don't like the taste of coffee. Okay. Well then don't drink coffee. I mean, 
there's another concept for you. And the coffee is a whole other thing we could get into that I've done a bunch of research in, but like, we will leave that alone for the day. So that way we can like actually get to the point of the rest of our podcast. Love that. Okay. So we are going to be talking about managing stressors around the holiday time. So we shared with you last week, um, some just like fun, exciting things about the holiday and ways to save money and really just plan and prepare. And so now we're going to dive into the stress because holy crap, you, there's a lot of stress that comes with the holiday season when you're a mom and you're a wife and even just by yourself, like there's still a lot of stress that comes down. So Mac, take it away. Okay. So y'all, I geek out on this because if you, if you have not already followed us at the borns underscore or Michaela dash cats or two blondes on a pod on Instagram, you need to, but I geek out on things when it comes to positivity and how to lower our stress and how to see situations in a different light and not be so negative and down about it. And so like, this is, this is my jam right now, you guys. And I'm, I'm so pumped up about when Bailey and I were talking about this last night, I got so hyped. And for me to get hyped up at 9 PM is like, a that's a big deal, but okay. Let's, let's just break this down into the three biggest and most common areas that we feel like stress arises. So you have the stress in finances, you have the stress in schedule, and we'll dive into these a little bit more. And Bailey, what was the third one? Cause why can't I remember schedules? No, I said schedules. Oh, money and in-laws, in-laws, there you in-laws. Go. Oh my in-laws. gosh. Yes. Yeah. In-laws or like family in-laws. gatherings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's just start with the schedules because I know right there, that's probably like a lot of you are like, well, not, not really, but like you guys think about it. Think about how different all of the like little areas are in that time. Think of how different every, you know, like the bank schedules are different. The school schedules are different. Daycare schedules are different. Store schedules are different. You guys like literally every schedule is different. And therefore that's making your schedule in your life different. And you guys, we really want to take this into a perspective too, of how this affects you and your spouse, because again, like you and your spouse directly, you know, obviously affect your children. And so like, we really want to like make sure that what we're giving you guys in this podcast is actually going to help you and your spouse in a way, get through the holidays without wanting to eat each other's heads off. Um, because that's like something that's like really big and important to both Bately and I and things that we're working on in our marriages and the schedules is one of those, you know, when you have no school, but yet maybe you're a teacher and you have to be at the school while your kids don't have school and maybe your spouse is staying home and maybe that's not what they're used to. And you know, like things just get so chaotic. And then you add in all of the events, you add in all of the family time, you add in all of the traveling time, you add in all of the extra, like having to go shopping for the Christmas presents, having to go and do X, Y, and Z. That is a lot on your plate as far as scheduling goes. And you already know, like if you've listened to our podcast multiple times, you already know that Bailey and I fully believe that ever since the big C hit, we're more busy now than ever before. And then here we are, we're adding all of this other stuff on for the holiday season, for the purpose of everything that we have to do. Right. And it's just sending us into a spiral. So like, what can we do to like actually help ourselves to de-stress when it comes to our schedule? One, you guys get a piece of paper, write out what is there? 30 days, 31 days. I don't even know how many days are in like November and December. Well, actually I know December that one I know, but 
you guys write it out, make a box, put it on your refrigerator. And every time you have a new event coming up or you, you know what your schedule looks like, start filling that out, but put it on your refrigerator. So the entire family can see it. So the entire family can see who's where, what needs to happen when, what's going on when, and that way you guys, that's an open line of communication between you and your spouse. And if you're sitting here like, well, my spouse never looks at that. Okay. You want to take it a step further, do that on the calendar of your phone and share that with your spouse. That is a really big one. And it actually helps my husband and I a lot because, you know, adding in everything that we already have going on, adding in all of the family events that we have coming up, We've been doing that and it sends reminders, you guys, okay? I love my husband so dearly, but he is very forgetful when it comes to anything that is outside of our normal day-to-day -day schedule. And so the fact that this is going to send him a reminder or the fact when he opens the refrigerator in the morning to get stuff to make his shake or when he's getting stuff for his oatmeal or whatever it is, boom, it's right there in his face. You guys, I literally put it at his eyesight. Okay. That, that's another tip for you, but do that. That way you can actually see, and you can look at it and it's almost like a to-do list, right? It's like a to-do list. You can look at it. You can see, and you're like, okay, okay. Today we actually have nothing going on. So today we're actually going to take it a little bit easier. We're actually going to like, I'm going to stay off my phone a little bit more today. Actually, I'm going to do a little bit more around the house than what I would do in how many ever days. You know, like rework your schedule with what's going on. Don't always think that you have to keep everything exactly the same to a T. Be flexible with how you're doing things through this season and give yourself and your family mad grace. I love that. And I love grace, but going back to like the husband thing, because it is in the schedules, like I didn't realize first of all like people say marriage is tough but like when you have someone that has never been shown communication it makes things I feel like extremely tougher so I love that you just said calendar or like even on your phone because we we've tried that and I've just never been consistent about setting it up so that's one thing that we are going to be implementing um because I think it is going to help so I love those tips okay so let's let's dive into in-laws because <laughs> Oh, in-laws, man, in-laws. I, yes. And, and we're not going to talk bad about in-laws, but I have learned, again, communication, just communicate, you know, communicate. But dealing with in-laws is honestly one of the, I, I find the, the biggest stress, honestly, when it comes to our family, because it's not like you love you know, a family any less or any more or spend time. But when you move and you move away and like, so we're, we're in a position where our, you know, like in-laws are, my in-laws are three hours from us. And so it kind of makes things a little bit more difficult. And I know people have them, you know, like states across, you know, like even farther um, and, and family farther from them. And it makes it tough. It makes it tough to try to balance out, you know, times where you can go see them. And I don't know if everybody does this, but I have found it super helpful to kind of switch off Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, but we've actually, now that we have a baby, I made it very, very known last year that Christmas night, Christmas Eve and Christmas morning and day will, it's, it's non-negotiable. It's, it's at our house. Like we do not leave, um, which then means in an end result that we end up over at my parents, um, you know, on Christmas day, but then the next day, then we leave and we, we go for, you know, 
the in-laws, but that's honestly what I found to work. But it, it again, like going back to scheduling and communicating, you have to keep track though, too, of, you know, like, okay, whose house. One of the things that my mom taught me was every single calendar she writes down, okay, Thanksgiving was at so-and-so's, you know, Thanksgiving was at our house this year. So she can always go back and look at last year's calendar and never have to question, oh, where was Thanksgiving at? Oh, where was you know, Easter, whatever it may be. And that has honestly become really, really helpful within even my family as well. I actually really love that tip. That's like, that's a really good one taking from your mom. I feel like your mom has given us some really good things the past two podcasts of like the things that we can implement. And you guys, for me, you know, my dad's a pastor. So, you know, when it comes to Christmas, he has Christmas Eve service. And then like this year, Christmas is on a Sunday. So he has church service Sunday morning as well. And that's going to make our scheduling a a lot different than what it normally is. But I'm going to tell you right now from when Brandon and I were first together till now, and I don't, I don't know, like seven, eight years. I don't know. I'm losing track of all of these times that we've been together, but we've always done kind of the, if we've done Thanksgiving with your family, then we'll do Christmas with mine. But actually what it turned into is we spend Christmas day with both of our families and last year. So my son turns one on December 3rd. So we had just had a baby, you guys, and we still did that. We hit both families for Christmas and you want to talk about stress. I was so stressed out getting up getting myself ready, getting a newborn ready, trying to get out the door with everybody's presence, trying to get to my parents' house, which is, I mean, bless it, only 45 minutes away. But then to make it back to his parents' house by lunchtime, you guys, I literally, I got home that day and I just cried. Like I was just like, I was overwhelmed. I was stressed out. Like I, that was, I I loved Christmas. I loved having my baby, but that was way too much for me. And so I told my husband this year, I said, you know what? If our families want to spend Christmas with us, they can come to our house, like period, because one of the things, and I, and I'm only saying this because I feel like it can be relatable to a lot of people. And I am in no way bashing my in-laws. I love my in-laws. I'm blessed with some amazing in-laws. I really truthfully am, but they don't wait for you to eat. They don't wait for you to open presents. They don't, they don't wait for you. Like if you're not there, when the stuff starts, you're SOL. And then you're awkwardly sitting in the living room, opening presents while everybody just stares at you. And you're like, well, this isn't awkward at all. Or they're all in the living room while you're in the kitchen and dining room, eating your food. Like, it's just, it's so it's so weird. And that's always been a really big issue that I've had because my family is the complete opposite. My family is like, you wait until everybody is awake. You wait until everybody is here. We are not, we are not even snacking until people show up to the house. Like we are very like, we wait. And his family is the complete opposite of that. And I've struggled with that a lot. And I think that's why, you know, and and again, you throw a kid into the whole mix and it just makes things like you want to be home. You don't want to leave your home. Like you want to make the memories that you were able to make when you were growing up. And for me, I lived, we lived so far away from my dad's family. So like, we never really did Christmas with them. Like on Christmas, it was always like after the beginning of the year, you know, like months later. And sometimes in the summertime, we'd get our Christmas presents. That's just kind of how it was. 
but my parents also worked every other Christmas. And so every other Christmas, my brother and I were actually with my grandparents. And then my parents would come over to their house afterwards. And then we would kind of do like a Christmas dinner or whatnot. But again, we still waited for everybody. And I, as a mom, I don't want to give my, my son that I don't want him to remember Christmas as this always rushing around. I want it to be like, he can get up and he can open his presents and he can play with his toys. And we don't have to worry about rushing from house to house to house. I, I love that. So I'm going to share a little bit about what, what we kind of do, because we have found out, I think like over the years, like we've kind of like mastered it over here. I feel like that, that works for us. Um, but that's, that's one of the things, like, I love that you say that. And I want to say like, is it a thing like with boy moms? Like, is it just like boy families? Because I will not have that. Like now being a boy mom, like the whole, like rushing and not waiting on people and like, oh my God, that drives me nuts. I'm so glad you said that because my family is just like your family, Mac. And so I'm just like, I cannot be that boy mom. Like we cannot be that boy family. And what's so crazy is like, think about it. Our husbands only come from families with brothers. They don't have a sister. They don't well, they mine have does. any. Oh, mine has one sister. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One oh sister. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's not, I've, I've always been like, is it just like boy moms are the way? I'm like, I could not, Dude. like there's things, you know, outside of holiday that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is drive me nuts. But okay, back to, <laughs> back to the, like the holiday schedule. So we, okay, so we're a family that, Always, always, always. And even now, like even last year, first of all, having a kid, man, for your first Christmas is so stressful. Like making sure everybody looks nice and is up and packed. Like I feel like now it's going to be even harder having a one-year-old than it was a newborn, truthfully, because I was still, you know, breastfeeding at that time. You could just whip out a tit. <laughs> Everything was fine, you know. Yeah. But now, like with RSV rampant. And just being around people that you haven't been in a while, like it it does kind of make you a little nervous and, you know, having a one-year-old that is always on the go now, that's walking crazy. But, um, so back to our schedule. So we have always been a family to, yes, wait on everybody to get up. Um, it's, it was always a joke. Like my little sister, I love telling this story because she's like the brains of us three girls. Like she's a really, really smart one. And she's the youngest. And I remember her being like, I think she was like six or seven. And, you know, like we were still telling her, you know, like Santa's real, you know, like, and, and Brooke and I, you know, we we're like, yeah, like you, you have to believe or you're not going to get presents. And so she straight up looked at both of us and she was like, I know Santa's not real, but I'm going to keep telling mom and dad that he is. So I keep getting what I want. And I was like, no idea there and so she literally would play it off and she we called her an Indian giver too because she would literally go and hide stuff she still does it to this day she will go into rooms or wherever and she will steal things like sunglasses for instance I finally got my sunglasses back like two years ago because she literally went into my room took them and then hid them from me for six months so I thought I lost them and then I reopened them on Christmas I was like Brie and she, she's one too that like hoards money. So it's like, girlfriend, I know you got money yet. You can't spend $5 on me, but you go steal my <laughs> sunglasses. Like she is, she, she's one too that she was selling candy out of her bedroom at like five, like to our cousins. She'd be like, yeah, you got a quarter. I'll give you some candy corn. Like smart. All right. Smart. She's going to be a CEO one day of somewhere. I, I'm calling it right now, but 
back to our schedule so she is one though and it kind of it plays into this because she is one that she will go around still and wake everybody up in the house and she got so mad at me last year that like we didn't make it over there till like 9 30 but I was like mom and dad told me like take our time you know like wake up do our own gifts here at our house and then come over so she's gonna have to learn some patience because <laughs> this year now with the one-year-old we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit more you know I feel like presents but um that's just one thing though that has really really helped us is like we do it like as like our like family it used to be family of five now it's what family of I added two people to to that so seven um my husband and my kid (laughs) do some quick math um but now the seven of us and then like then we like towards like lunchtime ish we kind of get everything picked up you know cleaned up play with stuff um we kind of, you know, just kind of hang out together, have a brunch together. And then we get together with like the rest of our family, like my dad's side. So my dad's um, mom and then his brother and, and wife, so my aunt and uncle and their kids. And then like, we kind of do like this, like afternoon thing with them. And then like, there's extended family then that comes at night to do like a dinner and like close, like friends. And honestly, it is like, the most fun times ever because it's not rushed like it's on now besides my sister she rushes rushes us to open up presents all the time but besides her it feels like a just a very very smooth kind of process and nobody's like on a set time and so I just have really loved that schedule and I wanted to share it because it's taken us years to kind of figure that out I feel like like it used to be like you know, you're with one side of the family on Christmas Eve and then this is how, you know, Christmas morning is supposed to go. And it's like, first of all, Christmas even, it's not even about Santa and presents, right? Like we're supposed to be really celebrating something else if you're religious. Um, And so it just kind of is a good reminder to just like enjoy people's company. And I really, really like that. So I wanted to share kind of our little go around with it. Yeah. And you know, you guys, I think that this is something too, especially when you have families that like, it's always going to be like, you're always going to have to tailor it, right? Like it's going to take you, like Bailey said, it's going to take you years to like figure out what works because for Bailey and I, yeah, we only have one kid. Okay. Well, what happens when we have two kids? What happens when we have three kids? Like it's not going to be the same as it was when we have just, you know, our sons right now. Like it's going to always be changing. We're always going to have to be figuring it out. And I think that the beauty of it is the fact that our parents have kind of gone through that, right? Like our parents are like, we understand adding kids into the family. We understand, you know, wanting to be home with your kids for the holidays. We understand what it's like to have to figure out if you're going to spend Thanksgiving with this family or that family. And then what are you going to spend? Where are you going to spend Christmas or where are you going to spend Christmas Eve and like all of those things. And so I think that too, that that's just another area of like a grace again, right? And the holidays, you guys, it should be about grace anyways. I mean, think uh, if you're a religious, think about the ultimate sacrifice that's, you know, being made and that's, grace is a big part of it, but yet we don't give enough grace. And then what ends up happening? And again, it goes into our marriage. It bleeds into our kids. It's just like, we're just instilling that the holiday season has to be so stressful. And it, it does not have to be because we're the ones in control right now of how that's going to go. And so if we are showing them that this time doesn't have to be stressful and that we can make it work and we can keep everything cool, calm, and collected, then that's what they're going to grow up knowing. And then they're going to be able to go in when they have kids, when they start families and give that same amount of grace to figuring everything out too. 
And also don't be afraid of boundaries. Like, don't be afraid to, you know, set that boundary down because that's, that was the one thing. Like I'm a yes person to a T, like somebody says something to him, like, yes, 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 yes. And I don't want to admit that I'm a people pleaser, but I do like pleasing people. And so like, I was, I was terrified, honestly, to tell my, in like my mother-in-law, like, no, like we are doing Christmas and then we will do Christmas with you the next day. Like it is just, it's how we are going to roll. And honestly, like she's respected it, you know, like the last, um, you know, really last year, I guess was the first year that we did it. But again, this year we've already had to try to, you know, schedule Christmases. And like, again, like I was like, you know, we'll be there the day after if it works with your work schedule, or we could come before, but Christmas Eve is here for our church service. And then Christmas day, we are with family and with our own little family. And so don't be scared to set those boundaries. Cause I know it's really, really if, if you're like me, <laughs> you don't want to make anybody mad, especially during this time. But at the same time, it's like, it's, it, it's you and your family first, because it's your spouse and your kid first before anybody else. So always keep that in mind. So going into this next one though, Mac is going to talk a lot about spouses. Because well, before, and before we get into the whole like okay. spouse thing, Let's just cover finances really quick. Oh, yes, yes. And I'm just going to like really revert back to you guys. Go back to last week's episode and listen to the number one tip we gave, which was make a stinking list and pre-plan. Set your budget. You do not have to spend your entire month's worth of paycheck or your entire two months worth of paychecks on gifts. What can you do that's more meaningful? And you guys sit down with your spouse. Oh my gosh, the amount of people that are so scared to talk to their spouse about finances, especially us women. Like we, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you already know, like you already feel like this. Oh my gosh, like I, I don't know anything about our finances. I'm not the one working and how dare me be the one to like go out and do like all of the shopping and all of this. Okay, just sit down and talk to your spouse. Sit down and talk to your husband about this. Set a budget together. That's one thing. And this is something that, again, my husband and I come from two completely different backgrounds when it comes to this. My parents would work two and three jobs just to give us a good Christmas. And then again, they were always very equal with presents, right? Like if my brother got 12 presents, I got 12 presents. Like they, it was, it's always been equal. Well, for my husband's family, his dad buys presents and then his mom buys presents and they have absolutely no limit on like a dollar amount. And y'all that stresses me out on a whole other level. Cause I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm glad y'all are in that financial position to do that, but I'm like at the same time. So his dad has no idea what his mom is giving them for Christmas. And she has no idea what he is getting them for Christmas. And I'm like, what fun is that? I'm like, see, I want, like, I want us to make a decision together about what we're buying for our son, what we're buying for our parents. You know, the only thing I want to be surprised by is what he's getting me and what I'm getting him. Right. And most of the time you guys, because we don't know what to buy each other, we send each other links to things. So we already know essentially what we're getting. Like it's absolutely completely ridiculous. I know, but that is one way right there to take the stress out of the finances of the holidays, but also that stress out of you and your spouse financially for the holidays. You guys, this is, it all boils down to this communication. The C word. <laughs> I know the one that C-word. like so many people are so scared of when it comes to their spouse, but it's like, right. I, I mean, 
how, how did you get to the point of marriage, right? Like you communicated, like you guys, you guys had to <laughs> initially talk and have a conversation. And then you just kept building upon this conversation. And that's what led to marriage. I mean, why wouldn't, why, when we get married, is it like communication is like out the door? Like we completely right. forget all about it. Like what? Right. Yeah. Okay. So something that my parents do that I, I love. So they were, they were actually married on December 12th. Um, and so every single year, like every year, their anniversary weekend, they go and they spend that weekend and like they stay the night at a hotel, like they go to, you know, they go out to eat, but they do all the Christmas shopping that weekend together. So it's like they, they already have a set budget set out. And I just love that they go and do that together. And then honestly, like throughout, you know, like the week, it's been funny now that we're like older, my mom will be like, okay, like she'll label, you know, gifts. And if like one of us girls is at home or whatever, she's like, can you go wrap Bree's gift, you know, or can you go wrap Brooke's gift? Here you go, like wrap it. But at the end though, too, like they, they still do Santa gifts for all of us. And so like my dad though, is always the one wrapping the Santa gifts. So the night before, like they, they will stay up until like one o'clock in the morning together, finishing wrapping gifts, which I think is honestly a lot of fun because they do they do all of our gift stuff like together, truthfully. And I, I just love that they have that and they've shown that to us because I think it's really important. But the other thing too, guys, that I wanted to recommend because I've just really come to realize like stuff is stuff anymore. You know what I mean? And like, I would love anything. Like I'm going to try really, really hard this Christmas. And if I, if I get ideas and all that, well, I'll share them to Instagram, but coming up with experiences, like what can we go do together? That is within reason, right? But like one of the things that I remember last year getting was my aunt got all three of us pedicures, um, like a gift card to go to, you know, one of the deals to go get pedicures together. And honestly, I really, really loved that because it was me and my sisters got to go do something together. You know what I mean? So stuff like that, I think would be, and I get people don't want to give gift cards all the time, but you can make them really, really fun and not really make it even be a gift card, but more of like, here's an experience package we're all going to go do together, you know? Yeah. Love and I, I love that, but okay, you guys, we're, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of, um, positive mindset, mindset with our spouses. Okay. Because where we're talking about all of these stresses, especially that can be added onto your marriage at this time of the season. I want you guys to remember something. You do not control your spouse. You control, and, and let's take this a step further. You don't control your in-laws. You don't control your parents. You don't control your family members, okay? You control you. You control your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your actions, and your reactions. That is all you control. So when you can sit there and take that and just look at your spouse and be like, okay, that that's, I, I don't control that as much as we would all love to control our spouse. We don't, but what can happen in this when you, when you're so focused on, well, I don't control that. I, I can't change any of that. We stop loving our spouse the way that they deserve to be loved, especially with the stressors that come. And this isn't in any part of life. It's not just the holiday season. It just seems like during the holiday season, except for, you know, that lovely day of Thanksgiving day, then, you know, we're oh so grateful for them. And Christmas day, we're oh so grateful for them. But leading up to those days, we could just be like, no, just like stay away from me. Like, I don't, I don't want this. So we need to switch that you guys, because 
I don't know. I don't know if anybody else is like this Uh, for me. I never want my husband to feel neglected in any way, shape or form, just like he doesn't want me to feel neglected in any any way, shape or form. And this is something that we're really, really, really working on in our marriage right now, because after you have a kid, it's really stinking hard to make sure that one or the other is not feeling neglected, right? Because all of your time and attention goes on your kid. Well, that's how it is for the rest of your lives, right? All of your attention is going to be on your kids. So we have to figure out ways that we can love our spouse better. And you guys, we're going to actually put up a challenge on our two blondes on a pod Instagram page for, if you want to take this seven day challenge, it's going to be a seven day, love your spouse better challenge. And it'll have a list of ideas that you can do. That's going to speak to their love language through this holiday season. And you guys, you can use it again and again, and again, and again, and again, over and over and over again. But that way, you're, you're rebuilding that again, connection with one another through this super stressful time. And you guys will have some ideas on there that will, you know, cost you a few bucks. We'll have some ideas on there that don't cost you a dime. They don't cost you a penny. It's just going to take you and your spouse out of your current state of mind, wherever that may be, and force you essentially to get very intentional with one another. Because when you can be very intentional with one another and you guys can sit there and like just take a step back and be with each other, I can guarantee you your stress levels are going to decrease significantly. You're not going to talk about anything about the holidays. You're not going to talk about anything about your finances. You're not going to talk about anything about your jobs. You're not going to do any of that. This is just going to be a time for you and your spouse to be very intentional together, whether that is cuddling together, whether that, and and you guys, little things. And when I say little things that are going to be on this list, it's going to be seriously, buy them their favorite candy bar, buy them their favorite drink. You know, like you're, you're passing the gas station, just stop really quick, go and grab their favorite drink. Like, it's going to be like little things like that. And I'll have it broke down into they're like certain love languages, right? So if you don't know what your spouse's love language is, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't even take the quiz. Okay. Just simply go up to your husband and be like, how do you appreciate receiving love from me? Is it physical touch? And you guys list things out when it comes, especially when you say physical touch. Okay. Okay. List things out. Is it like when I put my hand on your knee? Is it when we, like, I sit by you on the couch? Is it like, if I hold your hand, You guys, like for me, like I, oh my gosh, I crave that stuff for physical touch. Like a physical touch is one of my top love languages. So certain little things like that. But if you don't know how they want to be loved, how can you show them that love? Especially through this season where you guys are going to be hustling. We're going to be bustling where you're going to be stressed out. You, You can't sit there and love each other that way. And if you ask them that question, I guarantee you, he's going to ask you, okay, well, how can I, how can I show you love? How can I help you de-stress? You guys, I just learned from my husband a couple weeks ago that when he walks in the door, even though he is grimy, gross, and absolutely disgusting because he is a diesel mechanic, so he gets nasty, he wants me to go up to him and he's like, give me a kiss on the cheek. Give me a hug when I'm not completely destroyed. Because for him, that embrace right there helps him de-stress. I didn't know that until just a couple of weeks ago, but here's the even crazier part. He didn't know that either until about a month ago. So these are always going to be changing. And you guys, because that was not when we took the quiz way back when, when we first started dating, that was not his love language. His love language was words of affirmation. 
And he's like, honestly, I, I don't need to care that I don't need to hear, you know, that I'm, I'm good looking or whatever. He doesn't need that anymore. So as much as people say that their love languages don't change, they do. So whatever you feel that your spouse's love language was, maybe when you first got together, I guarantee you it has changed now that you've had a kid. I guarantee that it has changed now that you guys have been together for a year, two years, three years, four years, 10 years, 20 years. So go and ask them, communicate that with them. I know there's that stinking C word again, that big nasty C word, but you have to open up that line and that bridge because you can't put yourself in a positive mind space with your spouse if you don't understand your spouse. And you guys, this is a simple way of having, like getting to understand your spouse. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode helpful, be sure to share with your team, your friends, your family, and leave us a five-star review and give us a follow on Instagram at two blondes on a pod.